The views expressed here are those of the host and participating members and do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of Kenya Network. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Tonight we have a very special guest, and her name is Miss Marty. She will tell you a little bit about herself as I bring her on in just a few moments. But I will tell you this. She is an asset to our community. She is passionate about what she does within our community. Moves across the world. She's connecting with a lot of different people and organizations for positive change, for healing in our communities. She is definitely about that change, and, and I am honored to have her on our show this evening. So with no further ado, I will bring Miss Morty on, and she can reintroduce herself to you all and uh, give you more of a uh, detailed um, uh, background on who she is, what she has accomplished, and what she's working on. Welcome to the show, Marty. How are you? I'm, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me uh, tonight, Kenya. It's really um, a pleasure to be here with you. And uh, to the audience, my name is Dr. Marty K. Casey, and I am an activist, which is a word that I've coined. Uh, it is a combination of being an actress slash activist. Uh, I started my activism work uh, when I was 19 years old, um, attending a pretty much an all-white college here in Missouri, and um, kind of began began my work there uh, for good reasons. And um, it led me to where we are right now in our city in dealing with Ferguson six years ago. And from Ferguson, it pushed me into continuously, you know, standing up for the community and um, doing what is, is necessary to, to, to fight not just for our city, not just for our nation, but fighting across the globe. And that's pretty much who I am in a nutshell. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very... Um, I'm very humbled and, and, and appreciative that, you know, God gave me uh, some talents that I could use as a tool to really uh, do the work today to where it's not as abrasive, so to speak. I use the arts to really um, approach and connect and, and network, and that has been, you know, really a, um, a key of success, if you will, for me allowing me an opportunity to um, to really make a difference by connecting with other artists and, and those who have like minds and hearts to just want to see, um, you know, everyone have the same opportunities. You know, that's, that's beautiful and, and that's lovely the way you put that. And, and Dr. Mori, I must say that I admire your tenacity. I admire your efforts. Uh, I admire what you were doing in our communities, um, your philanthropic work and, and everything with, um, uh, with your achievements, all of your accomplishments. And just want to say that uh, it is definitely uh, a wonderful thing that you were doing. And you've been doing this for quite some time, um, you know, working within, within the community. Uh, I do understand that you have a, a music background as well. I do. I also started singing uh, at an early age. Um, by the time I discovered that I had a, a a gift or a talent, I was about 12 years old. And so I sang all through high school um, and, and college. 
And mm-hmm. I still today, I still sing not as much as, as I, I began because uh, when I first started out, I thought for sure I was going to be the next Whitney Houston. And that mm-hmm. didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen quite like that. I actually ended up losing my hearing in my left ear and to a rare disease called Meniere's disease. And so um, once that happened, it was very devastating for me. And I knew I had to kind of take a different turn in, in, in terms of... Um, how I was going to to still, you know, uh, be creative and and use the arts and have the love of singing, but but not depend on uh, that to be a career. And that's what led me to then acting. I started off in community theater, and from there, um, I was blessed to land a role in a national stage play early on, way before, uh, I won't say way before, but a few years before even Tyler Perry, with when he started um, coming on the scene or what have you, you know, we were we were out there doing uh, shows during the like the Mike Matthew days or what have you. And so um, I, I was in a show called Be Careful What You Pray For. And we toured all around the country about two and a half years with, uh, I played side by side with David Peaston, Cuba Gooding Sr., Shirley Murdoch, um, Clyde Jones and uh, Nephew Tommy. Mm, beautiful. You uh, certainly have your um, your diverse background field. Now, what our audience don't know, and what I'm actually finding out about you, is that you are the first among the firsts. And and I want to share some of that information with our listeners pertaining to some of your background, your past, uh, being a recipient of a series of firsts. And I'm on your website now. Uh, <laughs> the first. You're the first African-American woman to receive a full scholarship in music. Mm-hmm. The first African-American woman freshman well, music class. music at, at Missouri Baptist University. Let's clear that up real quick because they'll be okay. like, huh? Well, how did that happen? <sighs> no, I'm the, the, first, the first to receive a uh, music scholarship at Missouri Baptist University. Beautiful. I love it. And the first female ambassador in the Midwest to receive highest honors from the United Nations as an ambassador for orphan children. To shine music or to shine ministries uh, in Uganda, Africa, and CDSE, earning the title of your uh, Her Excellency Reverend Doctor Morty K. Casey. So yeah, you have quite a few uh, accomplishments under your belt, and I, I want to just kind of uh, add some more context to that for our listeners, so that they can uh, see the work that you have been doing all these years. Uh, with national plays, as you just mentioned, and, and doing uh, work at, at the Fabulous Fox Theater in St. Louis as well, um, and it, so on and so forth. So give us a little bit more history about that, and you're also a motivational speaker, and um, and you, you are involved with a lot of different uh, national associations as well, including um, for, for black women. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, you know, I, I have to say... Um, I've had a lot of opportunities and I try to uh, make the best of those opportunities. But one, one, one of the things, one of my approach approaches is that to make sure that if I walk through a door and it opens for me, then I keep the door open for someone else. So I'm, I may be the first to, to start something, but I won't be the last because I'm going to make sure I hold the door open so others can come through. And, that has been a goal of mine for a long time, and I, I believe that's one of the reasons why um, I do get the kind of opportunities that I get 
you know, God is really, he knows that I'm real passionate um, about making sure that it is not just for me. He's going to get the glory in the end, and I'm going to make sure some other folks get in the room when I get a chance to get in the room. You know, I, I love that because everyone can have a pie. They don't have to have a piece of the pie. They can have a whole pie um, because there's there's plenty of it to go around. And I, I love that about you. You are a people person. You are about the community, uplifting of the community, and also being an asset to display and uh, display love for the community uh, in which you have come from and, and bringing back resources to those same communities. So tell us. Tell us a little bit more about uh, some of your initiatives and uh, what you got going on. Sure. Well, thank you uh, for the opportunity to speak on that. I, I actually, um, I'm sure I sit amongst a lot of people that are concerned about the influx of gun violence that's happening in our own backyard, in our city, in our communities uh, across the nation. We are uh, experiencing what I call collective trauma. And after the unrest of Ferguson, I began to really kind of look at that from a from a different scope. And I was like, wow, you know, how are we going going to really get to a place where we we can forgive one another for some of the things that's happened? And, you know, um, and the only way that I can see that 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 uh, that part of it begins is that we have to personally heal from it. I mean, you got to heal, heal in order to forgive. You got to get to a better place for yourself on the inside in order for you then to get to a, a better place mentally and, and kind of let, you know, let some things go. And I'm like, but you know what? That could be forever if he, it, it even happens because I really was not seeing where we were really working on that part of it, the aspect of healing. So I created an initiative, uh, or I should say a, um, it's actually a method. I call it the uh, Ungun Institute method. It's the HEAL method, H-E-A-L. And HEAL uh, is, is, is you know, the acronym, uh, like I said, H-E-A-L. And the H is for how to disarm trauma bullets. And I have a, you know, a language that's built into this method that is, I believe, speaks to the narrative of what's happening in our streets right now. So how do you disarm trauma bullets? Or what, what's a trauma bullet? A trauma bullet is something that you may have experienced that's caused you to freeze a lot of, it's caused you a lot of hurt, a lot of harm. Um, and it's something that, that when you experience it or it's re-triggered, if you will, those, those, those triggers become a reaction that, that then, uh, you know, causes you to feel that same thing over again. So when you think of the fact that when Ferguson happened, we all experienced a trauma bully. We all got hit with that. It was like, what in the world just happened, huh? We all, we can't let that go down like that. Uh, and we started protesting and marching and speaking up and, you know, doing the necessary things uh, that we thought that, that would, would, would stop that type of, of uh, abuse and, and, and uh, racial uh, uh, hurt to ever take place in our, our city again. And right when it looked like we were getting somewhere a little bit down the street, here we we got a whole nother wave of this happening again. You know, like right right um, 
before Michael Brown, there was Trayvon Martin. So we really hadn't gotten past Trayvon before that happened with Mike. And so we, we was just getting shot with trauma bullets all over again. And here we are again with, 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 uh, uh, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and so many others. You can't even mm-hmm. keep up with the names now. So, what do you do with all that hurt and pain? Hurting people hurt people. Yeah. So if That's we right. don't remove those trauma bullets, if we don't pull that pain back out, if we don't place it somewhere, if we don't heal from that, then the, the cycle will continue. And that's why you see a lot of. Um, as as we say, black on black crime in our communities or what have you, because we have been shot with trauma bullets from other other situations, other people, but we haven't been able to remove that hurt. So we got a short That's fuse. Right. It only takes a, a you know a little something for somebody to say or do something to us, and then we respond into that, you know. So um, so from from there, E is for engage and reverse trauma using art. I'm real big, like I said, because that's 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 where it began for me. I'm an artist, so uh, being uh, being able to use the art even for myself to make a difference in my in my life and how um, I was dispelling trauma. I, I I wanted to make sure that I created something to to encourage others to do the same. And so A is activate your firing power by targeting your bullseye. And so I want to. Um, get you and the listeners to to start thinking about that right now. What is the most important thing or person in your life? Just take a second and just kind of think about that for a minute. And if you was to look at a bullseye uh, board, you got that small centerpiece. And that's really what you want to keep your focus on. That's your narrow focus. And then you got an outer ring outside of that. And then the rings get bigger and larger and larger. So as you fill in those other rings, you have other things that matter to you. But what is your bullseye? What's the, who is or what is that one thing that you feel like your, you, you, you would take your last breath for? And I don't know if mm-hmm. you want to, want to share that out loud right now. Well, you know, you know, as, as a as a as a man, right? I I would say, you know, myself, right? And, and as a father, I would certainly say my children. You know, uh, oftentimes okay. in our community, we hear family first. Yeah, yeah. So 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 when, in standing up for family first, uh, aside from myself, it would certainly be, you know, my children, right? And, and, and not just my biological children, not just my biological children, but the children in our communities, right? So any of them, that's, that's I, 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 I would treat them as they Okay, well, let me, let, me, let me just kind of walk you through this process, because this is what I teach through the Ungun Institute method. I can really appreciate you even naming other children outside of your biological, but when you're talking about a bullseye, you're talking about a very precise area. So it can't be too big. Don't make the focus too big. So if it's your own children, I don't want to. I want. I don't want to tell you what your bullseye is, but I want to say that might be your bullseye. And then the very next ring out of uh, next to that would be community children. 
You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then and then mm-hmm. the uh, the ring outside of that may be the rest of your family. And then it could be community. Uh, you can you can put as many rings on that bullseye board as you want. But what is your narrow focus? What's that in that center dot? What is it? So in that I, center I dot, are you saying it's your it's your children? Oh, yeah, yeah, and the center right. is definitely my children. All right, so this is what I want you to think about. That's all I want you to remember is your bullseye. When someone mm-hmm. gets ready to make you angry, I want you to think about your bullseye. And everybody's bullseye could be different because everybody don't have children. Everybody may not have a spouse or, or you know, what. It, it, no matter what their bullseye is, they don't they, – they, do not uh, owe anyone an explanation for that of what they what they care about the most. But what I want everyone to think about right now, whenever someone just angers you to that place of like you feel like you're ready to pull a gun out, use it, or or just straight punch them in the mouth, whatever whatever your extreme could be. All I want you to do is remember your bullseye. Because what that's going to do is going to bring you back to center in your mind, body, and soul. That person, it doesn't even come close to meaning more to you losing it than it would be for you losing your children or your children losing you. I don't want you to think about nothing else but this your bullseye. When I get ready to, to, to like, like, I was one of those people uh, have a little road rage as I get mad when people cut me off and stuff like that. Well, when I, I started really using this to the fullest, I smiled and I counted as a blessing that they didn't cut me off and cause an accident versus me rolling up on them all fast and, and, and putting my window down and like, oh, did you see what you just did? Because I can't control what somebody else is going to do. I don't know if they're about to pull a gun out and shoot me just because I rolled up on them. Because they fuse is sharp right now. People people dealing with COVID-19, that's collective trauma. We're dealing with all of, uh, all of this police brutality. That's collective trauma. That don't even have nothing to do with what they're dealing with on the day-to-day inside their own homes. So we can't afford to put ourselves in that position. So all I'm saying to you, remember your bullseye so you'll have that self-control. Because if you think of your kids, that you, it ain't even worth you even saying nothing to that person. You're going to smile and roll off. And the last one is L, and that's look out for trauma triggers and set your safety lock. And what does that mean? Once you know what triggers you, like I just said, I was dealing with a little bit of road rage. Once I know what triggers me, then I avoid that at all costs. I'm aware of that. And so being aware of it means that you're able to set your safety lock so that the other people can't trigger you. But if we are not aware of what the possibility of, so if I'm, if I'm going through one of, uh, if, if, if I'm not really feeling well today, and I'm already sharp fused. The last thing I need to do is go outside and, and run a whole bunch of errands, getting in and out my car. If I know that road rage is an issue for me, today might 
might be one of those days I'm going to just stay home and not even run my errands. Do you see what I'm saying? You have to know what sets you off. You can't Absolutely. We have people. to have preventative measures. That's why yes. we can only control ourselves, taking the responsibility uh-huh. of our own actions, our own processes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when we really start looking at things from the inside out and stop looking at it from the outside in, then we can start to heal. We can show up better. We will be better, and then we'll be around better people. But right now, we kind of, in my opinion, we're going, we're going backwards with it. We want to, we, you know, it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And I kind of sit somewhere between Dr. King and Malcolm X. I'm not going to say I'm to the extreme or either one of them. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. But I will say this. Um, I don't feel like we're really going to get anywhere in anger. But I also will say to you, we're not going to get anywhere. Keep ignoring it either. So you gotta find you gotta find out how to move the needle and fix the situation. Where's the solution for the problem? But don't make more problems trying to find the solution. Right. Yeah, you can't keep putting a band aid over an open wound. Mm-mm. You know, uh, you have to heal the wound. You know, you have to continuously heal the wound and heal the community. Because uh, as you said, there's a, a lot of hurt and pain that's going on in our community. Some people call it black on black crime. I'll call it intra racism, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We there's no there's no code of conduct in our community, Dr. Morty. But we don't live we don't live up to a code. We don't have those standards in our community. In fact, it's not really a community anymore. And so we have to be at a point where we can. Um, uh, speak up, speak out against injustices. And I remember there was a time where if you did something wrong in your neighborhood or in your community, when it was a community, um, you got disciplined. And not just from Absolutely. your mother, not from your father, but from your auntie, your grandmother, or whoever else was uh, uh, in that town uh, that had access to you before you got home. So they gave you some act right. Okay? They gave you some act right. We don't have any of that going on. Now, I'm not advocating abuse. I'm not advocating beating on children. I'm just saying I grew up in a time where, you know, things were different. Um, we really protected our communities. We knew who was coming in, who was going out of our communities. We knew who the troublemakers were. We knew who the dope dealers were. We knew it, there wasn't any guns like that. We didn't have gun violence in the community back then. And we need to get back to that. We want to heal the communities. We have to store with our own neighborhoods, right? You know who the people are that's doing what they're doing in the communities. Meet with them, talk with them, and, and, and if they continue to um, to murder, if they continue to do these things in our community, then they need to be ostracized from our community, period, point blank, right? We Absolutely. need to get those type of people out of our neighborhoods. So that's how the, that's how the community is going to heal as well, right? Holding each other accountable. You've got to become a community. You have to become a community. That's right. That's, you that's you right. said that in the, in, the, yeah. in the beginning of your statement. We're no longer a community. We're not even a neighborhood anymore because, every, you know, That's everyone right. is so scattered and moved around. And then uh, even once, you know, when, once you uh, 
have been there for, you know, two, three years and you're moving again. So your neighbors is changing. Uh, the, the, you, you, the school you're sending your child to is changing. By the time I uh, had been to the, by the time I entered into the ninth grade, I had already been to 10 different schools. And that came from my mother and father getting a divorce. And so my mother being a single parent, doing the best she could to raise my brother and I, we fell on hard times. And, and, and so when you fall on hard times, the first thing, uh, you know, uh, that you're struggling with is, is trying to make ends meet and to, to pay the bills, to pay the rent, to, you know, um, keep, keep a roof over your head and, and food on the table. And so there were a lot of times that we ended up having to move because I would imagine that, you know, we got behind, my mom got behind in the rent. It was like, oh, you know, now you got to find another place. I can name a lot of reasons why we're not, we're no longer operating as a community. But to me, it would sound like an excuse. Because if we look at our culture as being our community, and our culture as being our neighborhood, no matter how far wide it is, then we could change this starting today. Because when we heard about what happened with George Floyd, we didn't have to know George Floyd to respond to it. We responded to the fact that here it is, another black man in real time on social media being disrespected and they think we're going to continue to sit back and take that uh-uh. And so we, we no, not and started all. moving on that. And guess what? We need to do that with everything. Anytime you see a situation, That's right. don't wait until it's a knee on the neck and, 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 and then the last breath being taken for you to jump in and, and do something and say something. You should be willing to do something at any given time. Anytime you see a child that's out of order, being disrespectful, anytime you seeing somebody throwing trash down in their own neighborhood, anytime you you witness anything that's not beneficial to our community, no matter how far or how wide, you're going to yeah. have to speak up and do something. And it's not that's what right. you do, it's how you do it. So I'm going to give you a it's prime how you do example. what you do. I'm going to give you a prime example. I was in... Um, a, a fast food restaurant some months ago. This was before COVID-19. So it might have been even last summer. But um, And there was like about four or five young men. I'll say they were somewhere between 19 and 23. And they came in and they wasn't rowdy or nothing like that. They was just, you know, getting their food I had already ordered. But when I tell you every last one of them, I could tell you what pattern of underwear they had on because their pants were sagging that that deep and I didn't say anything I just looked at them and one of them I guess by the old school look that I gave realized that oh we must be disrespecting her making her uncomfortable and he kind of tugged at his pants and I said thank you and when I went to get my food I told the lady I said uh let me I'm buying each of them a drink and they look, I was like, I said, what you all can tell her what you want. I'm going to buy each of you all a large drink. I just, I just want you to do one thing for me. I want you to pull your pants up. I said, and I'm, I'm not asking you to pull your pants up for me because I'm getting ready to leave. I want you to pull them up for you because I don't want someone to say something to you the wrong way. And then it turns into a confrontation. 
So I don't want to look on the news later on today and realize that something that happened to you all because somebody else was offended and said said something to you in the wrong way. Can you do that for me? Right. And it was like, oh, yeah, man. They all started pulling up their pants. They was like, you ain't got to buy us a drink. I said, I do. I said, I'm not buying you a drink because you pulled your pants up. I'm buying you a drink because you just listened. And I did. Positive reinforcements. Huh? Positive reinforcement. Yeah, absolutely, all day long. And I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't know those four men again if I, if I seen them walking down my street. But what I did, I planted a seed. I gave them something to think about. That whole conversation that that they allowed me to have with them, I guarantee you, they will remember. Now, did they? That was love. That was love. I appreciate that. But those are the types of things that I do. And it's part of the Ungun Institute Heal. We have to speak a language to our our people. We got to heal them. But if you will never be able to heal them if you can't reach them. You will never be able to reach them if you can't communicate with them. And you will never be able to communicate with them if you don't respect them. I did not have the right to just go off on them because they were wearing their pants in a way that I felt they should have been wearing them differently. But I know by what's happening in our community, even something as simple as that can escalate to something super big. So it ain't about your, your it's not, it, it, it's beyond your fashion choice. It's the fact that it's not moving us forward. Everything we do, we got to be forward moving. And if it doesn't move us forward, we got to talk about it. And we have to fix it. But too many of us are turning a blind eye and letting stuff go. And then when it escalates to an extreme situation, then that's when we want to all come together with our 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 uh, fists raised in the air and we, we protesting and we marching. I'm all for that. It's a time and a place for everything. But I want to be forward moving before I have to march. And so we got to do the job every day, not some of the days, every day, with who, with everyone. Why? Because we all will benefit in the end. Who's in your neighborhood? We all in your neighborhood. Where's your community? We all a part of your community. Who's your people? We're all your people. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely right. So, Dr. Marty, where can our listeners find you on social media? How do they become more involved with the work that you are doing? I first would love for everyone to go to the Facebook event page called Black Sunday. And it's S-O-N-D-A-Y. Black Sunday is an event that we're going to be hosting virtually, yet globally, on August the 9th in commemorance 
of Michael Brown's death here in Ferguson. The theme is from Ferguson to the world. I believe that when that tragic event happened in Ferguson, we woke the world up. But we, we quickly went back to sleep. At least we took a nap. We shut our eyes for a minute. And that's why we started to see the actions repeat itself. Y'all, we have to stay up and stay woke. We can't even afford to blink right now, let alone take a nap or go back to sleep. We're way past that. So I'm asking everyone to join me virtually on Black Sunday, and it's going to be uh, some amazing things happen as I roll out the method and the initiative of Undone Institute Heal to the whole world. See, I realize that I can't continue to get help on the inside of the house when the if the inside of the house is is is, is what opposing a threat. Sometimes you got to run outside and holler for help. So I'm no longer looking for help in St. Louis. I'm no longer looking for help in the United States. Unfortunately, we have some overseers sitting in some positions that they already got got the game stacked against us. It's, we're already set to, to lose. So I had to run outside of the house. I ran to global leaders. We're connected with over, I'm connected with one over 100 global networks that are going to come together to support us on Black Sunday. So much so that this will be declared an international holiday. Every second Sunday of August, moving forward. So Black Sunday a day that we collectively come together around the world to, to recognize justice, healing, and legacy are the three most important things we have to always have out in front of us. It's a roadmap for it. us to get better, be better, and do better because we deserve better. Yes. Yes. So I'm connecting Absolutely. with world leaders. I'm not talking about, if you, if you can imagine uh, President Barack Obama, a hundred of him, that's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to world leaders. That have woke up because they're like, what's going on in America? What's going on in America is that we need your help. I'm running yes. outside the house hollering for help for my people. And they showing up on August night. So the first thing I need you to do is get the word out to everybody and tell everybody in the world. If we, if we, this Zoom room that we're doing, not going to be a whole lot of seats on there, in there for everybody to grab. We, we, we hoping we can at least have a you know 1,000 people to join us in the room but we're going to be live on many different networks this is going to be really huge the press release the um, international press release goes out tonight from Australia we're talking about people from China and Japan and Israel and, and, and Australia and Africa they're joining us from all over so I just appreciate the fact that I've been able to run outside and get the help. All I'm asking you to do is just come and receive it. 
Yes, it's remarkable. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, guys, you're listening to King Yah Speaks Network, and on the line with us is Dr. Marty K. Casey. She's phenomenal. I told you. I told you all that she was coming, and she has carried the torch. The torch has been lit. She has been carrying that torch to the nations speaking to world leaders about the plight of our people and asking and demanding their help. So I'm excited and you should be equally as excited as well. So Dr. Marty, you have my support as you Thank always you. have had. I will be there. I will join. Be sure to send me the information and let's continue to converse about Black Sunday, that's S-O-N-D-A-Y for those that are listening to our show. Hashtag Black Sunday, that's S-O-N-D-A-Y. And that date, again, is August 9th of this year, August 9th, 2020. Be there. You don't want to miss it. No, Any, you don't want to closing, miss it. No, not at all. In closing, I know you have a, a prior obligation so in closing, do you have any final words for our listeners, for our yes, sons, can, for our daughters? Absolutely. They can also reach, um, go to unguninstitute.com. Go to unguninstitute.com, and we also have Ungun Institute Facebook page. I want you to connect in all three of those areas, the, the Black Sunday event page, Go and let us know you're coming. Then go to Ungun Institute Facebook page. Stay connected with us and go to unguninstitute.com. I also have a nonprofit, Show Me Arts Academy. People may uh, be familiar with me uh, with, with that as well. And um, on August 9th, on the very day that her precious son, 18-year-old Michael Brown, was murdered, his mother, Leslie McSpadden, will be in that room with me. And she will be talking to the people from the world stage. I highly recommend that you all come and hear her speak six years later. Because when we talk about healing, we have to start with her. We have to start with the mother who lost her son when the whole world watched her son lie in the street for over six hours. I can't think of a mother who needs more healing. And any mother who has lost their child, I can't think of a mother who needs more healing. We have to start with the mothers. And the reason that we call this Black Sunday, because we have to start with the sons, because that's where they started killing. They started killing our black men. They started right. taking our sons. So are we talking about all crimes? We're talking about all crimes. I don't want to hear about anybody dying. I don't care if it's by the hand of a police officer or by the hand of your cousin. I don't care who it is. Everybody deserves to live. So we have to bring a stop to this. When I, I want to say one more quick thing. I just heard about what happened at the Galleria shopping mall yes. in, our own, in our city. And it's tragic. Very. But I'm going to tell you 
what was the glimpse of hope that I saw is when I read that the father saw the picture of his son who allegedly was the gunman and he turned his own son in. That's the glimpse of hope that I saw out of this tragic situation because now this father did the hardest thing that there is to do and that is stand by your children even when they're wrong but that father understood the best way I can stand by you son being wrong is by turning you in so you can now turn your life around and try to do what's right and I hope that other parents and other family members are listening and we are not protecting our loved ones when we hold them and we protect them by hiding them and we're not speaking up on the nonsense we know they're doing you know if your son is 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 selling drugs and out here a shooter you know if your daughter is out here tricking and and out here setting up young men or what have you know what's going on and if you don't know what's going on then you need to know go flip their room get real nosy listen to those phone calls jump on social media look at their friends see what kind of cars their friends are driving see who's coming into your home who's sitting out on your porch watch their every move The only way we can save our babies is when we save our babies. Yes. They're not. Yes. Nobody else is responsible for saving our babies. We have to save them. And you don't save them by upholding them in their wrong. And if you happen to be listening and you offended by what i just said you the main one need to meet me in that zoom room on august 9th because you need healing first say that say that say that so I think it, it's a tragic yes kenya to allow me to come on yes. here today and um i i look forward to seeing you on august 9th meanwhile in between time i'm going to send you the uh press release get that Get that floating around. Tell everybody to to be there because I ran outside and I called for help and they answered. All I'm asking absolutely to show up and receive. Okay, thank you so much. It's been beautiful. A Likewise, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace and love. Okay, bye. All right, guys. So you have heard it uh, from Doctor. Marty K. Casey. You can follow her on her social media platforms. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. King Yah Speaks. That's K-I-N-G-Y-A Speaks. King Yah Speaks. I am so glad that we had the doctor on the line to talk about the issues that are going on within our own communities. We have to speak up, speak out, and sometimes we got to shout if we have to. And that was coined by a friend of mine, Brother Rennell uh, Parker Sr. Speak up, speak out, shout if you have to. Um, because it's going to take that. And that's what Dr. Marty has done. She has spoken up. She has shouted. And she has got the, the attention of world leaders, national world leaders. And that's what we need to be doing, guys. 
That's what we need to be doing, people. Reaching out to these world leaders in these different countries, letting them know what's going on here. We have to be part of the solution and not the problem. We have to be part of the solution and not the problem. As we talk about the injustices, as we talk about the countless murders, as we talk about interracism in our communities, as we deal with uh, uh, police brutality, the murderings of the murdering of our unarmed black men and women, our sons and daughters, we have to be mindful that we have an obligation to protect our families. We have an obligation to protect and uh, patrol our communities. We have an obligation to uh, police the police, right? We have an obligation to ourselves, to our community, and to humanity to stand up, be accounted for, and take control, right? We have that responsibility, and together we can achieve all of that. Together we can achieve all of that. So as Dr. Morty stated earlier, yes, we lost Trayvon Morton. Yes, we lost Michael Brown Jr. We also lost Kajin Powell. We also lost Kerry Ball Jr. We also lost Von Derrick Nurse Jr. We lost uh, quite a few brothers and sisters, Sandy Bland, Eric Gordon. We lost quite a few brothers and sisters to gun violence and police brutality. Let us not forget the brothers and sisters, our sons and daughters who we lost in these streets to interracism, to gun violence, to police brutality, and the countless other men, women, and children that we have also lost that have not, that has not surfaced, that has not been video recorded. So there have been countless other deaths by police officers. against our people that have gone untold, stories that have gone untold. So we have to be vigilant in holding each other accountable for what's happening within our homes, for what's happening within our own communities, for what's happening when the police show up on the scene in our communities. So we have a lot of work to do as people, as a community. We have a lot of work to do. We have to rebuild our communities. We have to take pride in our communities. We have to build our communities back up. We have to bring resources in our communities. We have to buy black. We have to support each other. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in to our show. It has been a divine honor having our special guest on, and it has been an honor having you as an audience. I appreciate your feedback. If you have show topic ideas or like to be on a show, please email me, kingyaspeaks at gmail.com. K-I-N-G-Y-A speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com. Peace and love. Until next time, everybody be blessed. Stay safe.